Rice of Wisdom on Blog Talk Radio for the first time, and we're at the Tech Edition at the Main Frame event. But this is with Flo and Lo. Awesome. Right. So, what has brought you here to Main Frame this evening? Okay, so I met James Thazon, uh, who's the lead organizer, um, through social media actually. Um, okay. I've had mutual connection. Uh, I've been in Tampa for roughly about four months in July. And um, he said, you know, hey, I'm noticing what you guys are doing with your company, uh, my company, Teledactyl. Um, and um, we connected there, and then we eventually met uh, in person. And he kind of told me about what he was planning on doing with Mainframe, and um, said he'd like me to get involved because I'm, essentially I'm a radiologist by training, but um, we co-founded Teledactyl and my partner. CEO of the company, Alan Boxer, up here next with me. Luckily, he's here today with us. <laughs> and uh, made it all the way up from South Florida. So, um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, he wanted to focus a little bit on health tech at this event. So, um, being that I'm a physician, and also um, we're, you know, we're involved with the blockchain technology company, which uh, provides solutions uh, to companies in the healthcare, healthcare sector. So, that's kind of one of our focuses. And, you know, there's some other things that we do as well. We have a website. Okay, what's your website? Yeah, www.teledactyl.com. That's okay. T E L E D A C T Y L. Okay. And all the information there. We have a white paper, and um, you know, it's, it's chock full of information. But um, you know, we kind of have a broad range of experiences. Uh, you know, me being in the medical field, Alan, um, he can tell you a little bit about his background as well. You know, as, as a healthcare entrepreneur, so um, we got a broad range of experience. All right, Alan, let's hear more of your sector of this beautiful business. Um, Alan Bottorf, yeah, uh, Seth had hit on a, a lot of the high-level stuff. Uh, my background is in healthcare uh, administration, um, just finishing up an MBA at Duke for uh, in strategy. But um, what we're trying to do is focus on all aspects of, of healthcare by using technology and building a platform where everyone could basically put their apps on um, in order for them to have a HIPAA-compliant uh, system that, uh, that is immutable, that, is, uh, that you can't break, that doesn't, you can't breach, you can't, uh, you can't hack. And so that was our vision a couple of years ago, I believe. Uh, About and, two and a half years ago now. And so we got a lot of interest. Um, uh, we uh, were moving at a fast pace. We've built a blockchain already. It's internally getting tested. We have a demo. So all our MVPs even have an exchange uh, for the digital currency portion portion of it. So we we we're supposed to be doing the like fourth quarter and first quarter of next year. We've already built them. Now we're internally testing before we go into uh, another testing platform outside. So we're excited about what's going on right now. Spoke at many events, NMA conference, which is a conference uh, of black physicians. Uh, there must have been over two thousand, three thousand physicians, and one hundred percent of them said they need what we got. So. Wow. Or what we have, so we're we're really trying to not so much be disruptors in the healthcare sphere, but we really want to make healthcare affordable. We really want to provide a system that actually is able to, you know, host these applications, whatever uh, whether healthcare app it is, and uh, we're just excited to be here. I'm excited to hear about this. It's amazing that you guys came together, had an idea, and you just went running in such a short amount of time that you guys came together and had everything running. What is it that you're expecting to receive from being here at Mainframe? Mainframe? Yeah. Well, actually, um, it's nice to be able to engage with uh, others in the 
tech sector, especially like here in Tampa. Um, you know, our team is actually very diverse and actually in multiple different locations. We have, you know, uh, some of our teams in based in South Florida, some in Atlanta, you know, some in the Northeast, you know, in Houston. Um, we have a strong board of advisors. So it's nice to actually engage and see what people are doing here in Tampa. And I think that's going to be um, one of the things that I would like to benefit most to see who else is maybe in the same sector I'm in or in another sector, in gaming or maybe somebody's just working in STEM, maybe somebody's in uh, development, because I think by collaborating and then finding out others and what they're offering, we can actually build each other up and create a real community right. and a real tech hub here in this community. I'm from Miami, so Miami has a very, very strong uh, technology hub, and they're becoming really a focal point for, for tech internationally. Uh -huh. So I think, you know, Tampa can do the same thing. Uh, they can be similar. And I think that by having events like this and allowing us to network and uh, find out what, what who's out there and what they're doing mm -hmm. is the way that you establish that and build it up. Definitely. Promising. Cool. So what um, distinguishes your company from the competition, I guess you would say? Like, why should I go to you for apps and stuff instead of what? The competition, in other words. In the uh, I think we're both attack team this, but... Uh, the apps is, a, is something additional that goes to the blockchain, and we have tel, you know, telemedicine, a piece of it. But I think the ultimate other thing that we have is we have an alternative payment method that can also be, uh, be used. Um, with our technology, um, and he touched on community, um, there's a lot of uninsured patients that are out there, and they're having issues with meeting the deductibles or they're required to pay taxes at the end if they don't have health care. We're trying to build, or we are building, a, a payment platform where it could be done through smart scripts, or smart apps, or the smart contracts. Smart sorry. contracts. And, and so the, yeah, the smart contracts will be an agreement for the doctor, because there's a lot of things that we need to improve in healthcare. One is affordability. One is affordability. The other uh, things is the provider and patient relationships. No longer we should be at a uh, volume-driven model where doctors are in and out in two minutes. Um, no longer should we have information being on different centralized bad, uh, EMR databases. So when you have a diagnosis, you're, you're getting a, you need a complete history so a doctor can actually give you the right prescriptions and a right diagnosis, uh, which will cut down on malpractice suits for doctors and liability. It'll increase the payment because uh, what they you know what the insurance companies have done in the past is they have extended the revenue cycles and they have uh, uh, reduced the uh, reimbursement claims. So what it's causing you know, a lot of practices to do is go to a more of a cash-based model. You don't have the platform or the system for a cash-based model, so you'll lose doctors. And we don't want to lose doctors. What we're running, trying to do is give direct care, uh, build up that relationship, get the doctors paid on time, get patients to use a choice of where they want to go because mm. they carry their medical record with them. So what differentiates us with other competitors? There's not many people in our space right now. There are people that do healthcare apps. There are people that say they do healthcare blockchains. But we are building a continuum or a platform for all this stuff to be on, and as well as apps that we're going to do. So that's kind of a... Yeah, there's like a, you know, so there's a bird's eye view like from a thousand feet, right? And then mm -hmm. you have the you know, view from right in front of you, like right in front of you. Right. So on the other side of it, you know, as far in addition to all of those things, you know, if there's a high level of security um, data breaching that happens, 
in all sectors of tech. Cloud computing has been around for a very long time now, so a lot of companies are still on the same uh, platform. Okay. You know, everyone uses you know the cloud for data storage, or archiving. Blockchain is very different, you know, um, and that's why you're starting to see this company starting to look at blockchain solutions. Mm -hmm. I, this company is offering Amazon, IBM. They're all offering you know blockchain uh, protocols that people can build blockchains on. Um, and even now, even in our field, health healthcare. So just saw an announcement, you know, just a few months ago, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. They're establishing a blockchain institute to develop solutions. You know, I actually I trained this training at MIT for blockchain uh, technology and applications in business. So you're starting to see this proliferate and it's becoming, um, with the Internet of Things, this is going to be the new protocol. Right. So in five, ten years, everybody's going to be on blockchain. Now, that being said, um, in healthcare, what why people should look at a company like ours is because of the security factor. I mean, right. you have breaches happening. <laughs> You've seen them. Absolutely. Week. <laughs> it Absolutely. probably happened to one of us here. Right. So, um, you know, millions and millions of dollars are being, you know, cost to the public and these companies because of these breaches. So that's one aspect of it, the security encryption features that um, allow it to be a much, much safer uh, mechanism of housing uh, patient information. As the, I mean, HIPAA is a government-based rule or government-created rule to secure patient information. You know, right. um, so it's sort of like um, you don't want to have any uh, jeopardy of your information if you're kind of putting it in a storage system. And a lot of patients don't know because you're just submitting their information. Exactly. You don't know where it's going. So that's that's one part of it. I think it's very important to, to make sure people keep uh, in, in mind. But right. there's also the decentralization part of it. So the reason why the hacks and such and these things kind of occur is because everything is stored on the central server, which is the whole you know, principle behind decentralization. Um, and then the, the people who are very staunch <laughs> decentralists, if you want to call it that, um, are very much against housing all information in one location. Right. And when you have these breaches, oh, 25 million people got their car information. Right. It's happened it's in California where they shut down a hospital. Exactly. That is insane. You know, and, and it's happening routinely. Right. And with this, you know, hackers are at an all-time high, cybersecurity. Is you know of utmost importance in a lot of areas, um, so I think that's another thing people should you know, pay attention to. So decentralization, security, and uh, trying to protect patient information that's you know nothing that differentiates a company like ours. Because there are other people in the space, right. but you know as far as you're hitting a like, lot of different, yeah. a lot of different sectors. And I love that yeah. you mentioned about just. The social justice. I show the the. I yeah. see that you actually care about what you're doing. It's kind of like technology meets. You know, you want mm -hmm. people to have the healthcare. You want them to have, you know, physicians that are staying with them, and you know, and that's very important. And the and the other piece, and the other piece of that, just the last, the tail end of it, timeliness is important. So mm -hmm. there are companies out there that are saying they do blockchain. They've been around since 2016. Mm -hmm. They've captured a lot of capital to to build something. Still today, there's not a healthcare blockchain. What we've been testing for uh, is the is the speed of information and the way we go about it. And even though some of that is trade secret of how we're doing it, um, that decentralization part of it is a big piece of it. So doctors need to have access now. It needs to be just like if they had an EMR system sitting in front of them. Right. Um, but we need to have all the data 
So, you know, when you have a loved one who's maybe an older senior loved one who has uh, an issue uh, and they have to go to hospital, well, you have to get records from the cardiologist, you got to get records, whatever. And sometimes the diagnosis isn't, isn't complete. And so there's 150,000 deaths of last year just of negligence. Not really the doctor's fault. It's the information they were given. So what makes us different is how we're going about it, the platform and all the things that we said. And we're really excited about I am excited for you guys. Definitely what you said about, you know, I had a mother who definitely had a a lot of different illnesses. And that is a prime Mm -hmm. example of getting misdiagnosed and having, you know, Mm -hmm. wrong information. So you guys are really going to help a lot of people. And I'm so glad that we get to meet you guys and hear about your company. Thank you you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. And where can we find you guys, uh, lastly, on, like, socials or any? um, So definitely um, www www.teledactyl.com okay um, and um, I'll spell it out because it's kind of hard to say <laughs> okay. it's T-E-L-E-D-A-C-T-Y-L.com and uh, I'm on Instagram oh, Twitter Twitter okay. on social media Twitter right. Teledactyl okay. LLC on Twitter Teledactyl LLC on Facebook okay and on uh, LinkedIn as well or right. if you just google Teledactyl we'll we're in up. ABC, CBS, we're on a lot of uh, oh, nice. media, oh, so right. you'll be able to look us up on, on a lot of platforms. All right. But, um, yeah, so thank excited you so much. for what you guys yeah. are doing. Awesome. Thank you, awesome. thank you guys. Thank you for coming on the show. Super awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Nice All right. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And our next guest is. So, what do you do, Hugh? Uh, so, I am a serial entrepreneur. I've I've started five companies Mm -hmm. and um, sold two so far. Okay. Uh, All have been technology related. Okay. Uh, From, you know, an internet company to uh, a hardware company, hardware software company. We sold that. Um, And right now I spend most of my time on our... Uh, what I call our hybrid cloud business. So we help companies migrate to the cloud. That's primarily what we do. Awesome. So how long have you been in business? Uh, The latest company is about three and a half years old. Three and a half years. Okay. Um, But I started my first company like 18 years ago. 18 years ago. And then another question, since a fellow entrepreneur is speaking, (laughs) what was the one that gave you really the breakthrough? Because I hear so many horror stories and go through horror stories myself with business failing. (laughs) How how many did it really take you before you found that hit or that one? Um, For me, it was the second one. Oh, wow. The first one, we had venture capitalists out of New York City that were funding us. And when the recession hit, they got scared and abandoned uh, the plan, the funding mm-hmm. the plan. So, um, so, but that was, while tragic, <laughs> and I was really mad at them. Rightfully um, so. <laughs> it also was the thing that gave me the confidence to start the second one with my own money. Mm. Right, because I, because the the hardest part, one of the hardest things you'll talk to people, is how do I fund the business? Mm-hmm. You know, I still got bills to pay. Exactly. Right, <laughs> the bills still come every month. And you and and, and and you'll you'll hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about you know, 
you know, I'm chasing my dream. I've got this idea. I want to do X. I want to do Y. I want to do Z. But how do I leave my day job? Exactly. And and the first company for me was fantastic because we had venture capitalists. And, well, they didn't just throw money at us. We had to, you know, it was based on certain milestones and what we were doing, executing. We had to execute. We had to brief them on what we were spending money on, what was our progress, all of those things. Um, but... It was a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. And so the second time, I was like, okay, got it. Right. I took some time to figure out what it was I wanted to do the second go-around, and that made it much easier. And that's amazing that you continue to go forward because a lot of entrepreneurs, as soon as something falls through, they're done, they're packing up, they're going home. And um, I think it's amazing that you took that as a learning experience. I I will tell you, um, I, I, I mentor the MBA students over at the University of Tampa. And I had this one kid, this is probably three years ago. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Super smart. Finished his MBA. He had just turned 24. And um, he went down to Peru and started a company. Um, and he ran into his first hiccup. And it was related to the leasehold improvements on the storefront that he opened to sell his products. And um, he called me, told me he was shutting the business down and coming back to the States. And, you know, I explained it. He explained why. And I was like, you know, that's not really a good reason to (laughs) shut it down. Right. Um, It's never a straight line. It's always like this, right? And so he came back to the States, and in this particular instance, he was doing um, craft liqueur. Okay, you've heard of craft beers. This is yeah. a craft liqueur. And he had different samples, I mean, not samples, different product lines and all right. that. And then when he came back to the States to restart that business, mm-hmm. what he found was the regulatory regulatory environment here ATF alcohol tobacco and firearms it's a five-year process mm-hmm. he said it wow. would take me five years and much more money to replicate what he did in six months down there wow so he, he abandoned the concept so that's an important fact right there is if you're doing anything, knowing what will sell, like what is the best area location mm-hmm. of, of your product. Because, you know, like you said, six months is quite a big difference between six months and five, five years. years. That's quite a, a significant difference. Right. So, what, I mean, you have the experience, though, like for, say, 18 years. But what would be the advice for someone new to know when, like, okay, should I keep going beyond this obstacle or should I just start brand new like him being so new he called you but how would he know right. that well, <laughs> no, I mean he learned the hard way obviously right. but well, like you what, know, is there like a litmus test or something that you recommend so um, I've got this great picture that I carry around and I show people all the time um, and this is an iceberg and if you know anything about icebergs you know right. that there's only you know, about 10 to 10-15% at the top mm-hmm. and the rest of it's floating below the surface and if you look at it it says people see this and it's the success. But right. what they don't see, what really happens is <laughs> disappointment, yes. persistence, hard work, 
huge risks, late nights, struggles, competition, discipline, courage, doubts, criticism, personal failures, adversity, rejections, and sacrifice. And I love this because it's so true. It's definitely a, a great illustration of what you go through. So, so to answer your question, um, you know, look at Amazon. Amazon doing great, right? Amazing. Well, how long has it been? They didn't make a profit for 14 years. Yeah. Wow. But Jeff Bezos knew what his plan was, and he was executing on his plan. Oh, that's amazing. Now, I didn't know that about Amazon. I knew a lot because I follow like these tech companies. I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for a long time, but I didn't know it took him 14 years to make I, I think it might be actually be longer than that. Wow. I, I, but, it, but now the richest company in the world. Mm. I think that that's insane. And their, <laughs> and their stock's at almost $2,000 a share. Mm. Wow. So it, it, That's beautiful. Um, Tesla. Tesla stock just went up by 10% yesterday. Why? Because they had their first quarterly profit. And when did Tesla start? It's been eight years, nine years? The first crappy piece of crap Tesla <laughs> they came out with that nobody bought. Mm-hmm. It's true. Right? They Do you remember that one? It was a little yes. two-seater. Yes. And it was ugly. Mm-hmm. To where they are now, they're making the Model 3, and that's going to yeah. be the thing that's mass market. And they finally had a profitable quarter. Elon Musk could have given up. He definitely could have. But he had a vision, he had a plan, and he just needed time, which is the hard part because you run time. out of money. Yes. <laughs> and, time. And, and despite your dream, your conviction, mm-hmm. and there'll be lots of people that say, dude, throw in the town. Right. It, it ain't gonna work. This, right. it, nope. In your journey, when you started your your company, were you limited on who you let know about your plan? Did you kind of keep it to yourself? Did you tell tell family and friends about it? Because, like you said, the there are people who may have fear that you're not going to be successful, or they don't want to see you struggle. They don't want to see you. I will tell you. I'll give you a perfect example. My latest company, AC Forest Technologies. Um. Doing stuff that, uh, you know, helping people migrate to the cloud, right? <clears throat> when we started it a few years ago, it was still kind of, you know, the tools were crappy. People, you know, you try to get a customer to, mm-hmm. it was it was hard. And, um, you know, we've kind of modified what we're doing. We've changed the business model a couple times and all that. So yes, we were we were very measured in taking on customers, what kind of work we were going to do, how we were marketing ourselves because we wanted to make sure that we were we were getting it right. Right. You know, and um, and I wasn't sure we were going to make it. Right. But you know what? Um, you know, one of the things they say in Silicon Valley a lot is fail fast. So you've, if if it's, and I'm not sure I agree with it, but it's just it's, it's <laughs> fail fast because you want to fail fast so that you can move on to the next thing. Right. So that's certainly one perspective. Right. The other, uh, the other one is, you know, stick to your convictions. You know, if you tweak tweak the business model, you know, a lot of times it's 
you know, the technology may not be mature enough or, right. you know, customer adoption may not be there or whatever, you know. Right. But, you know, and the, really the biggest thing is will you run out of money before you're successful? Right. That's really the biggest issue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, but the one thing that you have said along with other entrepreneurs and business owners that we spoke to is this consistency. That hasn't wavered. Everyone has stayed consistent um, with their journey. Right. Um, even like you said, it's a winding road, but I really haven't, anyone that I've admired that has been successful, they kind of stayed the course. Right. No and, matter what. And I will tell you, Donald Trump, he started with what? $10 million or whatever it was. $10 million. But he can very consistently stayed in real estate, even through the bankruptcies. Even through the bankruptcies, he stayed in real estate and continued to do the next biggest deal, the next biggest deal, the next biggest deal. And next thing you know, he's worth a billion dollars. And I like, to, he, I like to say on this one, not to kind of cut you up, but um, he has a negative connotation now, but I've been reading business books for years, and I've always respected him as a businessman, like the way that he's done stuff. And he said he a lot of times he would go into things, and he would move so fast because he studied and he prepared. And right. I like that about right. him. I look, I listened to him. I listened to Robert Kiyosaki for a long time. So right. he has a bad rap now. But, <laughs> right. uh, Business-wise, he's still impressive to me. And like even now. Well, he studies okay. and attacks. Okay, but you know? it's, but okay. it's another example of, you know, staying the course and mm-hmm. taking that next bite, you know, bang, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> amazing. And then before you go, yes. say a Tell plug for your company yes. so we know like, where we can find you. you and all that good stuff. So AC Forest Technologies, okay. um, we're a tech support company here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, we support small and medium businesses with their technology requirements. But then we help larger organizations with cybersecurity and smart building implementations. Come find us on the web at www. AC4STechnologies.com. Awesome. Oh, but that voice can't take our job. <laughs> I know, that's beautiful. And our next guest is. Okay. All right, so introduce yourself and what brings you to the mainframe. Um, so my name is Derek Wofford. I'm the CEO of High Point Gaming, okay. uh, esports consulting group. Um, so I'm speaking today about opportunities within the esports world and the uh, gaming industry. Cool, cool, cool. So what what got you started in technology in general? Was it like some childhood event that got you? Video games. Like okay. Video games was my, was my catalyst into the technology Okay. I didn't realize it then, but looking back on it now, I realized that because I like video games, mm-hmm. I had to have computers. So right. And because I didn't have money, my computer couldn't support most of the games I liked to play. So oh. I had to <laughs> learn how to tear down computers, upgrade them, and then that got me into wow. coding. Wow, wow. And then that got me into graphic design because I'm an artist by nature. So I was like, okay, what can I do that's art with a computer? And Oh, you sound like me. Wow, that's amazing <laughs> that you took something that someone would not necessarily take that as a learning experience and find their calling through that. That's nice, amazing. Nice, So uh, can you give us the rundown about High Point uh, Gamer um, technology? Like, what is it? What kind of technology is it used? Just okay, more information so, about the uh, The main premise behind High Point Gamer is uh, the esports and gaming world is a $103 billion industry. Mm-hmm. Less than 2% of 
minorities make money off of out of that $103 billion industry. Wow. But 89% of us play video games wow, that contribute to that $103 billion uh, revenue number. Hmm. Um, so what we do is we consult with gamers and help educate them on the financial and productive aspects of gaming mm-hmm. how they can turn it into something that they can put food on the table with mm-hmm. uh, because what you have is you have people that are I'm good at gaming but I don't understand business I don't understand brand development I don't understand sponsorships and endorsements so that's where we come in to help you understand that and navigate that part of it so that you can turn it into something that actually makes money and then on the brand side and from the organization side we help like colleges and brands understand how they can fit in the gaming world and benefit from it and mm. tap into that millennial aspect and right. millennial money. So right now, in other words, you're saying you're getting paid to play video games. Paid to help people know how to make money from video games. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yes. I just, I, it's because I was about to say my uh, brother-in-law, he plays Fortnite, <laughs> like insane. Yeah. So I'm like, if he can get, make money, a career yeah. doing this, oh, okay. There's, um, there's a Fortnite player named Ninja. Oh, okay. makes 500 grand a month. What? <laughs> what? Gaming needs to be maybe a part of my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, because you're female, too. So that's yes. what I'm And minority. Hello. Yes. I mean, I'm bamming on both yes. sides. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's Whoa. crazy because I feel like even, you know, most people like me who are ignorant to the money and the business aspect of it. You're just thinking you're just playing, you're in your house, just like anti-social and it's actually a community behind it. And that's something that I was really unaware of that you can really have a community. And what would you like to see happen with your business? Like how, you know, cause you're saying 2%, that's a very, very, very wrong yeah. amount. Let's yes. compare it to, uh, <laughs> so you say the uh, gaming industry is $103 billion industry, yeah. right? Wow. And, most minorities, if you talk to their parents about video games, it's a waste of time. Like, that's not something to do, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of us are allowing our kids up to play football and basketball. Well, exactly. how, much, how much money is the NFL? The NFL is a $15 billion industry. Wow. The NBA is an $8 billion industry. Whoa. So, from $15 billion that's industry, insane. I got my little 10-year-old out there getting concussions and busting his wow. head. But for a $103 billion industry, it's a joke to me, right? So And your kid is actually safe. Right. Like let's I want my kid yes. to have all no, its parts. Yes. You know, the injury the injury rate and you know your And your, the success rate. Yeah, your success rate is very low. Yeah. So that's something that I think is good that you're putting out that knowledge that we as a minority can do more than what um, some of the jobs that we've been told, right. you know, because I didn't know till today and I'm grown. As hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Like, I mean, how how is your company like helping people be aware? Because I, I had no idea. $103 billion. Seriously. Like, I, so I honestly had like no this, idea. I often speak at uh, colleges and universities. And, okay. Um, and I really try to reach out to the like, boys and girls clubs with at risk kids and talk okay. to them. And, talk to their parents about the kid likes video games it's okay it's <laughs> yeah. like, there's an addictive nature it's to okay. that okay. Right. but if you can steer and direct kids into something that makes it productive that's okay because you have to understand the landscape for children has changed from like a lot of kids they play they start with the phone yeah the they phone. really are yeah, my niece. what am I doing on the phone <laughs> I'm exactly. watching content or I'm playing a game Absolutely. so they're already in tune to absorbing the content what they're watching if you look up like uh, YouTube numbers, most mm-hmm. of that is gaming content. Like that's the real high ranking uh, mm-hmm. content that's being digested is gaming right. content. So if you can get your kids to either produce content, commentate content, 
or even write about it or even uh, quality control game and test game, like, it gives them something to do. So what do you say to the old folks like myself that, <laughs> that are a little bit interesting, a little intrigued, that might be a little rusty in the gaming, you know, because uh, I think my last gaming um, event that I occurred was uh, Nintendo 64. Oh, my <laughs> But see, I might be a hidden gem. Don't laugh. I might have some skills. <laughs> so the, the good side about gaming is that okay. each game is a genre of person. Okay. That game, of course, like okay, if you like Pac-Man, mm-hmm. you probably have a certain type of makeup for Pac-Man. You know, okay. Um, so there's a whole world of people that like Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's it's like being able to be your own network within TV network within every type okay. of game. Okay. That's and awesome. so the possibilities and whether I'm old, young, female, male, what is I have the opportunity because there's there's a bunch of me's out there. Fifty percent, fifty one percent of households in the U.S. On a dedicated gaming system, so absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely. And for if you, what obstacles did you come in contact so, with in starting this business, especially being one percent? But because <laughs> I'm old school, one oh. of my main obstacles of myself was that I bought into gaming was a waste of time. Like I, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a productive job, right? And I can come home and play video games because I earned the right to play to video do games. It. Yeah, um, that was one, two. I'm black, so me talking to other minorities about the gaming industry and the benefits of it is almost like, oh, yeah, I can kind of, I kind of hear you, but right. I don't really believe you yet right. because I don't have anything else to look at. To say. I can look Example. at LeBron, I can look can at a, a Odell Beckham and say, oh, he's right. doing it in football and basketball, but from mm-hmm. gaming, who can I look at? Right. They don't know. And yeah. that's the thing. I'm glad that you're doing this. The more people that you can get to just listen and understand that they can make money off that you have more of an example and they can see ourselves. Since we're the speaker I um, was watching a few days ago that was saying that, you know, it's hard to tell the youth they can do this and do that if it's something that they don't see their self and their face, you know, doing that. So I'm glad that you're here. And if you could just tell us again where we can find you. You can find me on High Point Gamer. That's my social media tag. That's also my gamer tag if you happen to be a gamer. Um, I'm always open to connect. Either DM me or email me. Uh, website is highpointgamer.com. Uh, you can email me at info at highpointgamer.com. All one word. Again, gamers one. All right. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so, you so much. much. And our next guest is. So, first, we start off with your name. Uh, my name is Chris, and I am the founder of Game Drive. Uh, Brandon, he's uh, one of our partners, and Josh is my CEO. And what has brought you here to me this evening? Uh, pretty much to promote our business and, of course, any other tech companies out there in the Tampa Bay area. All right. And is this your first time at the mainframe? Yes, it is. Okay. Awesome. Sorry. Do you have um, any interest in what mainframe has? Like what, are, what is it that you're expecting to receive from attending mainframe? Uh, promote. Black business in tech, of course, okay. and for us in the game drive, of course, be the outreach for the gamers to get to from couch to competition, which is our motto. Okay, couch to competition. I like that. Who came up with that? This one right here. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Chief Operating Officer. Cool, cool. <laughs> so where can people follow you guys? Oh, uh, we have a website. We'll have an app out soon. Okay. Um, but right now, the, the the website is up and operating to sign up for and get 
updates as far as what's going on with us. Cool. So is it GameDrive.com or what's the LLC.com. Oh, LLC.com. Do you guys have like Instagram or Twitter? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the Google Plus. So on YouTube and also on Twitch. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Okay. And then lastly, um, this is for like the techie me. So what kind of technologies are you guys using on GameDrive or um, is it like... Are, is it computer games or is it blockchain technology? There's so many things in gaming. It's <laughs> okay. So our service is pretty much more cloud-based. So okay. what we do is take your gaming profile, mix it in with your social media profile, and put it in a format where not just for you to understand and see how you rank against other players, but for those organizations who want to find players for esports in anywhere around the world to pick you or your son, what it is to be over somebody else. Oh. So if you want to say that you're better than one of your friends in the new Call of Duty game, you can actually show that profile to your friend. It's a lot easier than going to the actual website for EA or so. Okay. So it's like if I'm a gamer, I would go like to a website online and have like my profile and all that set up pretty much. Correct. And later on, we will have an application for you to be on mobile devices. So that way you can pull that profile a little bit easier compared to your friends and stuff like that. Cool. So I have a question. What motivate you to even start this company? All of you, and this is for all of you, to be in this industry. What sparked that for you? Was it childhood? Was it when you were a teenager? Uh, gamer for <laughs> since I was can't remember, but this came up to me when just want to have hang out with friends and have friendly competition, also meet other people, mm-hmm. um, and then came from one idea to be almost like the game trucks that you see outside for the parties, but be more available just for birthday parties or business events. Mm-hmm. You really get the gamers to come out and show off their stats, and then we pretty much dial it back and say, how can we reach out to all the gamers? So okay. we came up with the, pretty much the application. Okay. And that's and what we're working on right now. My idea was basically, you know, going back to when I was younger in school, Mm-hmm. that, you know, you always talk about I'm better than you in, in certain games and you never had a way to actually prove it. Right. You know, now as much data as involved with all the video games, now you can actually say I'm better than you, pull out your phone and actually show the stats. Okay. You know, th- this way it's it's more in your face than it is, you know, just talking junk. Talking and saying nothing. I would say what attracted me to working with Chris and Game Drive overall was the innovation, they're targeting a market that I think is hugely expanding, but no one's really focused on yet. And they're bridging the gap between the gamers and the investors, and it's making it a better marketplace for everybody involved. And I think like he was just saying, they it takes it back to being able to prove against your friends how good you are. If you play sports games like 2K or Madden or something like that, you can track a lot of those stats a lot easier. But with Game Drive, it makes all those games on that same type of level where I can say, well, yeah, you did this, but I got this, that better and everything. And it just makes it a much more approachable place for both the gamers amongst themselves and the investors. Something Chris said to me a while back was taking it back to the old school gaming when you used to come to some friend's house and hook up a LAN. So you had to be there in person and you You could talk and everything and taking it back to those those kind of those couch days where you really were coming over to people's houses and really connecting and bringing it back to that type of... That feel. That community you know, of gamers. Exactly. So I have a question. Um, generally, I'm sure most people probably know the answer to this, but for people like me who are, you know, ignorant to it, can you, let's say I'm great, let's say I'm great at a particular game, can I get paid for that? Is there money in that as a game? Like, I'm just amazing and my stats are really high. 
There is, is there, um, multiple ways you can make money in the gaming industry. So okay. of course there's, you know, being on YouTube, being on Twitch to kind of show that profile and get people to donate money. Okay. You can also go to the competitions. This is another way that our platform would do is to bring out those competitions that are around all around that you can actually go to, even if it's five hundred dollars to a hundred thousand dollars or millions of dollars. You know, so like you can compete can compete to those competitions but also okay. show your stats as well to those other gamers that follow you or so. Okay. And just to elaborate on that, uh, to your question. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of people in the gaming industry that play professionally, you know, they're okay. out there, they're in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, the high the the really good teams know who they are. Now if you're a gamer in Podunk, South Dakota. Right. Nobody really knows who you are. Okay. You know, with our app following your stats. We can pull your profile, see how good you really are without you actually having to play for a pro team, and you have more of an opportunity as far as being pulled and seen for maybe a replacement or um, if a new team starting up, a, a better option for finding you instead of, you know. So you're out here drafting, you're out here <laughs> drafting <laughs> folks right here, okay? That's really cool. I, and I think that's one of the things a lot of people uh, <laughs> don't think about. When they think about gamers, they think about yeah. people just playing video games and that has kind of a negative connotation for a lot of people. Right. But there's a lot of really revolutionary things happening in this industry and what you have to look at from a monetization perspective is that you have an audience. You have some of these followers, uh, Ninja obviously being one of the more popular gamers out there mm-hmm. who has millions upon millions of followers. Okay. Advertisers want that. You know, um, If you're also there starting up programs, Chris has been showing me some really cool stuff that a couple of these companies are out there are actually starting up programs where you're getting paid a salary to play games. And you wow. get health care. You're getting benefits. And a lot of uh, universities are looking into how this links with uh, the way the mind works and all this type of stuff. Yeah. So it's not just somebody, a little kid at home sitting there playing on the, uh, you know, back in my day, Nintendo 64 and that type of stuff. Yes. But it's grown well Nintendo. beyond that. And <laughs> just people have to recognize what kind of market you're right. talking about here. I don't remember the actual numbers for like League of Legends uh, tournaments, but yes. they're so far up there, they're competing with like major sporting events. Wow. That's the audience you're looking at right now. So this is a really a growing industry for a lot of people that, you know, like me, who were unaware of. I mean, it's a, it's a billion dollar industry. I mean, right. it's competing with your top industries as far as right. um, profitable money. Well, thank you guys for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. It's very innovative. And I want to tell people that I knew you guys. <laughs> I was like, that's my cousin. No, I'm kidding. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> her fight, her life. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. to Little Bites of Wisdom with Blue and Low. Sorry, y'all. That's the end of the tech edition. Hopefully it's been informative to you and can't wait to see you all next time.